and we are ready to get started. Fantastic. Thank you, Bruce. Good morning, all. I'd like to call to order the uh, Queen Anne's County Planning Commission uh, meeting for Thursday, March 11, to order, and begin with the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, please. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good morning and happy spring, everyone. Um, John, do we have any public comments or Bruce, any? Uh, not online. For the first part here, all right. Seeing none. Uh, everyone has a copy of the meeting minutes for review. Do I have a motion to approve, adjust? So moved, is there a second? Second. Second by Mr. Jackson. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Minutes have been approved, Ms. Brinster. Whoops. We have some extension requests to deal with first thing this morning. Uh, major site plan 05-10-02-0005, Kent Narrows Hospitality Inc. Holiday Inn Express. Uh, addition. The applicant is seeking to add uh, 25 rooms to the hotel, and they are requesting a one-year extension. DMS is roofs, and Ms. Hoffman has. I'm going to turn it over to Victoria. She knows more about what's been going on with the hotel industry and the pandemic and what have you. So I think her letter was pretty self-explanatory. I remember coming here, and Mr. Priest asked, what happens if the pandemic closes things down? And Jim pretty much said, well, we may be back. So here we are, Craig. Here we are. So, I mean, Victoria, you can tell everybody can what's going off? on. Yeah. Am I allowed to take this off or do you have to put yours on? Hi, everybody. Well, I didn't expect to be back. But as you know, <laughs> a week after we met, maybe the week we met last year, um, they shut everybody down. So um, practically, um, IHG also shut down our franchisor and all of their departments. So they didn't even come back and inspect our work we had finished last year. We, they still haven't been back. So they're closed. And at any plan, you know, our plan is essentially closed along with them for now. So we don't know when to hear, we'll expect to hear from them. Um, of course, coupled with that, you know, we also don't know what to expect out of, you know, the market now, too. I mean, I anticipate moving forward, but if something were to change drastically in the market or it doesn't recover as quickly as we hope, you know, we might have to have another discussion, I guess. But for right now, you know, it looks okay. Like we're, <coughs> things are opening up. So we are hopeful that people will travel and I think people can do it safely, especially regionally. So, you know, people who maybe otherwise would be traveling by plane might just zip on over, which is nice. So we'll see how it goes. I would so. add that since the original approvals in 2010, there's been really no changes in the county code or critical areas re regulations that would affect the approval that we have. They paid their sewer allocation, so that's that's all locked in. Uh, I think we submitted sureties for all the stormwater management and sediment control, so all, all of that is in. And we had actually applied for a grading permit, and uh, we may have ha had the uh, pre-application meeting, so, but things have just kind of snowballed here, here late. So. But ask for your consideration for a year, and then hopefully we'll, things will change, as Victoria said. So, who knows? And the county has nothing to add, Mr. Gunther. Anyone have a motion they'd like to make in response to uh, this applicant's request for site plan extension? I'll, I'll make a motion. 
that we grant the request for extension of site plan 05-10-02-0005-C for one year, which would extend this approval till March of 2022. I have a second. motion. Is there a second? Mr. Second. Ebersberger, thank you. Uh, motion, any dis further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Thank you all. Motion thank carries. You. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. You yeah. too. Television next time. <laughs> I can blame it on your son. <laughs> right. Uh, next, my your site plan extension request for Economy Tree Service SP 19-9-0037. Uh, Economy Tree is proposing to remove an existing structure and in its place construct a 7,200 square foot building with an office and storage. The applicant is requesting a three month extension. DMS and Associates. Once again, Mr. Roy. Good morning. Oh, yeah, we've requested just the sorry, minimum. Brandon, would you just identify yourself? Oh, I'm sorry, please, I'm Brandon sorry. Davis with DMS and Associates. I have with me Jim Roy with Economy Tree Service. <clears throat> um, we're here today to request just the minimum three-month extension to the uh, Planning Commission approval that was granted in September. Uh, we asked just for the minimum, just for a couple additional months to complete the processing. Um, in the, the meantime, since planning commission approval, uh, we had a couple minor comments to address. Uh, we've worked with the planning staff and the permit staff to get architectural uh, building code reviews in advance and um, work through some interior architecture minor you know things. Uh, we've got SCS approval, health department approval on sign plans, and um, it took a little while just to get the sureties and the, the fees all worked up and cost estimates approved. So we've actually submitted our signature plan set to the Department of Public Works with those sureties and fees that go along with that. As soon as we get that signature, you'll see it here at Planning Commission or Planning and Zoning Office for that final signature. So the three months is just a, a little extra window to get those signatures in here. You're, you're comfortable with the three rather than a six? Right. Yeah. Once I confirmed with Jim that those sureties would be to me any day, we, we were comfortable with just three okay anything to add mr gunther no other than this is a minor site plan but due to its location it had to come to the planning commission so otherwise this project wouldn't even be in for an extension right. so we because have, it's right on 50. yeah right yeah, because of the location yep. right along route 50. Um, we have no objection okay. uh do we have a motion for economy tree service uh, extension request i'll move that uh we grant a three-month extension for site plan SP 19-09-0037. have a motion. Is there a second? Second. Motion and a second. Second was by Mr. Ebersberger. Uh, any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Good luck. Is this what having a baby is like? The third extension has been removed from the agenda as per adjustments. Uh, up next is legislation and legal updates by Mrs. Mordock and Ms. Jones. Good morning. Yep. Good morning. So um, I'll let uh, Stephanie start with a legislative update and then I will bump miscellaneous staff items up and just give you all of our staff reports at once. Good morning. Um, so the first 10 days in February um, is when citizens can submit text amendments 
Um, so we received three. Could you come up closer to the mic? Really? Yeah, just bend it down, Stephanie. Yeah. Is that better? That's yeah. Okay. So we received three last month. Um, so they will be um, before the commissioners on March 23rd, I believe, for the, um, the, to, them to convey it back to you for recommendation. So you should see them um, next month for planning commission for a recommendation to the Board of County Commissioners. And then, uh, like I did last month, uh, giving you an update about the renovation to the Chick-fil-A, uh, just so that you will see it happening and wonder why you didn't uh, have that project for review on your agenda. I have another one, and you've, I think I've mentioned it before, but the uh, Target store is starting its renovation process. Now, this did not qualify for a site plan review because it's a straight renovation. Uh, there is going to be some change to that outdoor garden center, garden center area where there'll be a pickup and drop off section, but that all, all of the renovation fell beneath the threshold of needing to get a formalized site plan review. It's really just a building permit, remarkably, uh, because there's no change to the square footage of the floor area. So we did receive the renovations permit, so you should start to see some activity out there, and that's kind of exciting. As a reminder for viewers and others that less familiar with the conversation thus far, this is the old Kmart building uh, by Route 8, Route 18, and Bay Bridge. And so, what we expect to see, uh, Amy, is is facade changes and in, mostly internal um, construction. Right? No, no expansion of the footprint. You're exactly correct. That's what and a straight th review means. For, thank okay. you for contextualizing. I should have done that. So, um, you will, there is a major renovation indoors. Uh, but external renovations are minimal. There, there will be facade changes, and those uh, facade changes were reviewed for compliance with the design standards in the um, town center district so, and uh, urban commercial. So um, what you will see is a compliant in terms of those district standards and is all covered under um, a renovation permit. So. That's expected this season yeah this oh definitely you'll start to you should see construction this uh happening this spring so there'll be a lot of activity on that site so. and uh, just one more uh staff update and that is we've had two uh planner vacancies we've had our long-range uh, senior planner has become vacant because stephanie has been promoted to our principal planner's position um, and that we have found a really great candidate and that candidate will be starting on the 31st of March. Um, and likewise, uh, Rob has had a vacancy in his camp for a development review uh, county planner and we found another really, really great candidate and we're excited to say they're both starting on the same day on the 31st of March. So that's really okay, good news. And team will be fully, fully we're getting fully com yeah, complimented have, now yeah. that's right and we have one more position that we're looking for um, and then there are two positions on the permitting end that we're just looking at applications right now and should be interviewing uh, for a permit technician supervisor and a permit technician one and so I'll update you as we move through that process so, for the I'm sure the economy would love to welcome a few more jobs to the county's roster. That's, that's true. <laughs> as and well as the obvious help that, that you've been yeah, seeking. Yeah, definitely. Right. And really, uh, since the pandemic began, 
the uh, building permits have really uh, blossomed. There are a lot of building permits, um, a lot of residential projects, um, additions and renovations. So there's a lot of work for the, for the permit tech staff to do and our inspectors. So they've been very busy. So they're going to welcome filling. We had a vacancy and a supervisory position that has been vacant. So. These permits, are they mainly renovation type or are they new permits for homes? They're largely renovations and additions. Yep. But some new single families as well. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay, that's all I have. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next up on the agenda is a comprehensive plan workshop. Uh, I see Mr. Morbeck in the back uh, from Wallace Montgomery to lead the commission in a comprehensive plan work session, including the status update and review of transportation draft chapters. Good morning. Good morning. And we have uh, Lauren Good as well as joining us virtually. Oh, okay. Um, Lauren, I'll share it to give her the sympathy. Lauren broke her leg last week. Oh, geez. So she's unable to put weight, so she's joining us virtually today, but by the next workshop, she will be here in person. A little more mobile next time. <laughs> so please, uh, patience as we work through just getting us rolling with everything on Sure. Would you like a few moments to um, bring Ms. Good on board, or are you capable to start and have her join, or what would you like to... Um, Lauren will be starting the presentation, so if we're able to get her up, she should be online now. Okay. Yeah, she is on. She's in our meeting. Uh, are you there, Lauren? Here, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. And I'll be handling the PowerPoint Great. stuff from here, but just uh, to get that started. Thanks so much, Ray. Um, my name, uh, as everyone mentioned, is Lauren Good, and I am the project manager for the uh, comprehensive plan update. Uh, thank you for um, allowing me to join virtually. As Ray mentioned, I am a little bit limited um, with my mobility the past few days, um, but looking to have that speedy recovery and get back in front of you as soon as possible. Uh, so for today, um, and Ray, you have the yes. PowerPoint upgrade. Thank you. Um, Today, as mentioned, we are going to be providing a status update as well as uh, discussing the draft transportation chapter that was provided to all of you in your packets. Um, our, uh, the first uh, update that we wanted to give is on our recent project outreach efforts. Uh, which, uh, since we were before you last month, we held the fifth of our five visioning workshops that uh, one focused on, on the uh, countywide issues as well as North County. Uh, we also held uh, two of our eight special topic workshops. Uh, those included uh, the second one on uh, the environment and transportation, and then last week we held one on historic and cultural resources. Uh, we have eight special topic workshops planned in total, um, and those uh, that schedule uh, should have been included in your packet and is also on the uh, project website. Uh, in addition to those two uh, workshop components, uh, we've also been holding a number of technical committee meetings. Uh, these are attended by um, our consultant team as well as various members of county staff. Uh, so again, since the last time we met, uh, we had uh, two meetings focusing on the environment and transportation. 
Uh, and then we have some upcoming uh, special topic workshops and technical committee meetings occurring uh, next week as well. So those will continue for the next uh, several weeks. In addition to those different workshops and meetings, um, we have uh, developed various hard copy presentations and made those available on our website and to the county for anyone wishing to have hard copies in advance of the meetings. Uh, we have been coordinating uh, with Beth Mulaski on a number of social media posts and updates to press releases and items on the county's website as well as uh, sending out a number of email updates uh, to the, those that are part of our, um, uh, who have signed up for our list of uh, updates on the uh, project as a whole. Um, and we've been very successful with uh, the interactions we've had on our pro project website. Uh, we've actually um, had almost 40 new users since we met with you last month. Uh, and uh, we've had um, over uh, 2,700 total page views. So lots of people are interested in what's going on and they are checking in to see what's going on with the project. Um, while there have been a number of direct hits to the, that website, we're also seeing a large influx of people joining from, uh, say, Facebook or doing Google searches or through the county website. So it's interesting to see where people are joining that website from. And then the chart on the right side of that screen you'll see are the number of responses to the questions of the week that we've been proposing. As you'll recall, uh, these questions focus on a different uh, topic area every week. And depending on that topic area, we're getting back uh, a number of different responses. Uh, so those topics have been things like um, reactions to the pandemic, park and rec facilities, uh, general related to the vision, transportation, the environment, historic preservation, and housing. Uh, so we've been um, having in general about uh, 20 or more responses, again, depending on, uh, on respondents' interests. And uh, since we are focusing on transportation for this uh, meeting, uh, we wanted to provide some uh, information about those questions of the week. Uh, so one of them was related to what respondents think should be the county's highest priorities related to transportation. As you can see here, respondents noted that, uh, over half of respondents noted that the um, uh, priorities should relate to maintaining or repairing existing roads and bridges, uh, as well as reducing traffic congestion um, and slightly uh, less responses for providing more sidewalks or bike lanes. Those topic areas coincide very closely with the responses that we received during the various uh, public workshops. Uh, so it's good to see that connection in responses. Uh, the second uh, question related to transportation is uh, just trying to get a gauge of um, if, if there was normal traffic, so no, um, no backups or um, uh, not in a sort of the pandemic nature where um, traffic is potentially moving a little bit more freely. So assuming that, assuming that normal traffic, how long would it take people to get to work or school? Uh, so um, about a third of respondents said 15 to 30 minutes, uh, while uh, slightly less than that said 15 minutes or less. 
Uh, and then the third largest component were retired, so not having to travel to work or, or school. Uh, in addition to those questions, we asked a few just to um, uh, get some additional sense of uh, people's thoughts on transportation. Um, one of those was about the number of vehicles in households. And um, most respondents noted that they had uh, two vehicles um, while um, others had somewhere between one and four. Not that many of those are hybrid or electric. Um, only three respondents noted that they had hybrid or electric vehicles. And of those uh, three respondents, there were a total of four vehicles. Um, we also asked a question about whether people would consider using autonomous vehicles or the driverless cars. Those, uh, those responses uh, were um, almost half of people said that they would need more info, which makes sense uh, since we haven't been seeing um, too many of those quite yet. Um, and um, about a third said that they would not consider those types of vehicles while um, about 20% noted that they would. So just something to think about when we are considering future uh, transportation uses throughout the, throughout the county. Um, and then in addition to those questions of the week, which are have, have a smaller uh, number of respondents, uh, we also performed a uh, community survey at the start of the comprehensive planning process. Um, and several questions had components of transportation. Uh, so those are reflected here. Um, one was on the importance of transportation to quality of life, where parking avail availability was noted as being important or very important, um, as well as walkability and the uh, transportation options. Um, and then when thinking about future development, uh, those those same similar uh, thoughts were noted on um, transportation's importance to future development. Uh, while the overall network was deemed as uh, very important, there was less emphasis placed on parking availability while walkability fell um, in between those two. Uh, and then uh, another question was asked about what role uh, Queen Anne's County officials should play uh, related to transportation. Um, and uh, almost 90% of respondents noted that uh, the county officials should be uh, basically uh, encouraging sufficient road capacity. Um, and then the same number also um, encouraging the uh, network's proximity to emergency facilities as well as uh, uh, response times. Um, and then the last question in that survey that uh, related to transportation was uh, what has uh, transportation's impact been on development? Um, so as you can see here, uh, Oh, there's a uh, very few, less than 10% of respondents noted that there's been a positive or very positive impact, while um, overwhelmingly uh, over 75% noted that there's been negative or very negative uh, impacts um, due to uh, developments uh, traffic. 
Uh, we next wanted to give a brief update on the few workshops that have occurred since uh, we were last with you. Uh, one of those was on was the fifth visioning workshop. Uh, again, this one focused a countywide as well as on North County, and there were a number of opportunities um, discussed, such as agriculture and agriculture-related tourism, using natural resources within the county as an economic driver, uh, and then ensuring that there are skilled jobs uh, and technology uh, training um, to try to keep uh, some of those jobs within the county. Um, as well as noting that solar power was a potential opportunity um, for, for the county in the future. Uh, challenges uh, definitely included uh, the development pressure both within the county as well as coming from the outside, uh, the lack of uh, consistent telecommunications connectivity, particularly broadband or high-speed uh, internet, um, the effects of uh, sprawl due to uh, US 301 uh, and some of the development that is occurring um, uh, in, in Delaware, um, needing some additional housing options, um, litter, property maintenance, um, a lack of public water access, and the impacts of uh, sand mining operations. And some of the ideas put forward from that were uh, to for the county to uh, commit to resiliency, um, providing uh, connections for a countywide trail, adding to those public water access points, um, looking into the stormwater management practices, um, a large number of discussions about uh, development on Kent Island, um, as well as the potential for uh, US-301's US, uh, 301's designation as an agricultural scenic byway, um, education on uh, farming and training to get the next generation interested in that type of job, um, as well as ensuring equity for all of those within the county. And um, some of those ideas are items that Ray will touch on a little later on in the presentation. Um, our Special topic workshop on the environment um, highlighted the uh, the county's farms and forests as assets, um, while noting that needs uh, were related to uh, preserving more forests, providing stream buffers, um, not only preserving but stewarding the land that is preserved, um, and then taking uh, account of the economic belt benefits related to, uh, say, hunting and fishing. Uh, and some recommended uh, goals or actions were related to increasing access to those natural resources, promoting stewardship, um, educating while enjoying the environment, um, and uh, uh, some of those other items that we've, uh, that we've already discussed. Um, and then that list to the right really outlines the resources that are most important to protect. So quite a few there, ranging from agricultural lands to water, um, soils, and everything else in between. Uh, the next uh, special topic workshop that we held was related to transportation. And um, the county's trails were really those that were discussed as being an asset uh, to the community. Uh, and some of the needs that were highlighted were um, multimodal transportation or those um, transportation avenues that are uh, different from vehicular transportation. 
needing some more frequent bus service, uh, pedestrian connectivity, um, particularly through the uh, Kent Island area. Um, and if those are going on, retrofitting the areas with um, some uh, more best practice uh, stormwater management efforts. Um, and then certainly the, the largest um, discussion surrounded uh, the Bay Bridge and related transportation issues. Um, so the goals or actions that uh, were recommended uh, were a discussion of a more directed transportation plan, trying to identify some dedicated funding sources uh, for all of the different transportation efforts, um, ensuring that the infrastructure is in place before new development uh, goes in, extending trails, um, public water access, and then perhaps forming a transportation subcommittee that would look at uh, all of these items in more detail. Again, these a lot of these are items that Ray will be discussing um, in just a few moments. Um, and then just as a, a reminder for those um, for those three slides that we just went through, it was just a really briefly touching on those different um, workshops that we have held in your packages uh, in our attachments A and B. There are much more descriptive uh, discussions of the content from those meetings. Um, and that information um, has also been made available on the project website. Uh, so moving into the uh, discussion on chapter six, uh, this slide just uh, really outlines the contents of that draft chapter. Um, similarly with the other uh, chapters, uh, this discusses the uh, vision, key issues, and themes related to transportation, as well as guiding principles and legislation uh, surrounding that topic. Uh, there's a, a brief overview, again, of public input, um, which we, for all of those public input sections, we will continue to update those throughout the, uh, throughout the process um, as uh, until the final public input um, sessions uh, are concluded. Uh, we also discuss transportation connections and how uh, transportation relates to not only um, land use, but economic development and other areas. Uh, and then we get into really the meat of the, uh, the chapter by um, providing background information on the overall roadway system and its different components, um, discussing non-automotive facilities. So those are everything from um, sideway, sidewalks and uh, bikeways to the um, uh, railroad and freight to the airport um, and all other um, non-vehicular uh, methods of tra transportation. Uh, that transitions into a discussion of network improvements. So really what, what's, what has been done and what is planned for the overall transportation network um, and then talks about some of the various organizations and resources related to transportation that are found both within the county and available um, uh, from outside the county. Uh, and then uh, discussion on some best management practices, tools, and techniques related to transportation, uh, culminating in the number of um, goals, strategies, and actions that were developed as um, part of this process. 
to develop this chapter, um, we first began by incorporating a number of new resources uh, that have been made available since the 2010 plan's adoption. Um, and those include items such as the um, Kent Island Transportation Plan, the Beach to Bridge Traffic Plan, uh, County Rides Transit Development Plan, uh, connectivity and safety recommendations made by the um, Bicycle and Pedestrian Advisory Committee, uh, the airport's environmental assessment, um, the most recent CTP uh, uh, priority letter that was sent to um, uh, the Maryland Department of Transportation, um, and then of course the draft um, Bay Crossing study um, EIS that was recently released. In addition to those resources, we updated the uh, statistics and information to try to make the uh, what was included in the plan uh, more current, um, and then also included uh, some of the uh, discussions that we heard both from the public during our visioning sessions, as well as uh, from the discussions that we had with the technical committee. Um, this chapter is still under review by members of the technical committee, so there uh, there will be some revisions to it, but we, uh, we definitely wanted to begin getting your um, your feedback on it um, before we uh, make the next uh, round of revisions to it. Um, and with that, um, I will turn it back over to Ray, who if you advance the slide, uh, slides a little bit, um, we listed out a number of key issues that were expressed uh, during those public input sessions, as well as the uh, technical committee meetings uh, and that evolved from our analysis, uh, our transportation analysis, and he is going to lead you in some um, discussion of these issues. Thank you, Lauren. And before we get into the uh, key issues for discussion, I guess, you know, it's a lot of Lauren putting the information in front and sort of updating where we are. But I just do want to ask if there's any questions as it comes to any of the outreach efforts that have happened to date, things we're hearing, or some of the initial things she started on transportation before we really get into the discussion here. But just want to give you guys that opportunity for any questions, particularly on the outreach part up front. And then we'll get into really a lot of the discussion here on transportation for this chapter. Okay, hearing none, I will continue. <laughs> um, and we know it is a big issue, and I, you know, I make it a little light. I appreciate the ability to drive over today in 70-degree <laughs> weather than snow and ice like the last two Planning Commission <laughs> meetings, so um, a lot more pleasant uh, out there today. But um, we know there's a lot of challenges and, um, and a lot of opportunities um, associated with transportation within the county, and we want to make sure that gets captured um, and included within the, uh, the plan update here. Um, and, of course, to start that, um, you know, we've gotten a lot of good feedback from the visioning sessions um, and the input we've received there on these issues. And, of course, we've gotten input from uh, the technical committee as well that are, are all coming into here. What we wanted to highlight here were a couple of those few items for discussion, sort of wanting to hear some of the Planning Commission's thoughts on 
those items because they are relevant and will play key roles as what gets put together really in the strategies and goals moving forward um, as part of this chapter. Um, and of course, you know, we can't um, start this discussion with what having is, is on a lot of people's minds right now, particularly with the release of the tier one uh, DEIS for the uh, Chesapeake Bay crossing study that uh, MDTA is conducting for the Maryland Department of Transportation. Um, and not only that study and what it means, but we also know there's a lot of issues with even the existing um, configuration of how the bridge is and um, the related transportation issues associated with that. So we wanted to start with that discussion. Um, we know there's a number of things from the existing uh, facility, the concern of cut through traffic in the neighborhoods when the bridge gets backed up, the seasonal traffic delays that happen, which also feeds to that. Um, the ability for north-south movements um, to a degree as part of that. Some more on the pedestrian, we're hearing a lot more on the pedestrian bike side, particularly for that to allow that connect connectivity as well as some of the east-west connectivity um, in that area that all gets associated with it. And we've heard that on both sides, one from a vehicular movement side, but a lot from the trail and pedestrian connectivity end of it, which is really, you know, people are seeing this as their neighborhoods and how can I get to there without having to go out onto 50 or across 50 and then back over and how can we improve that? So those are some things. Um, and we do put out there with the um, tier one NEPA study and uh, what that may mean um, should the um, ultimate determination be for a, a new crossing um, in the current location um, and what that then means to the county. Uh, and there's a lot of elements of not only just the structure itself, but of course the infrastructure within the county uh, and how that will be configured. And you know, county staff has identified, and we have in the, the chapter, of course, the critical importance for the need for communication and coordination with the, with the Department of Transportation uh, and MDTA for that. And what it means, not just for the US 5301, but what it means associated with that um, and the effects to transportation on the island um, and the county itself. Um, and as Lauren mentioned, not only does that issue feed there, there also, of course, is the pressure that is happening from the north with the um, improvements that, that Delaware has done on 301, and that could be adding additional traffic as well, um, you know, with a combination of items there. Uh, so I guess on that topic, are there particular items that you all would like to raise as it comes to the Chesapeake Bay crossing for us to take into consideration along with the other comments we're hearing um, and particular concerns or issues you may have on that side of it? <laughs> Where to start? Well, I mean, <laughs> my thought is what if it never happens? What if, I mean, I think we need to look at that scenario too. What if it never happens? Um, I think it's on the list, but it's not a very loud. No. But it, it's, I've seen it, it's always this, this, or nothing. And so I, the state, I believe, are gonna sense that they still have that on the table. Yes. Um, but I think it's sort of drowned out by the others, but I, I agree. I think, I, I think, I think there's something push. I think it's gonna happen to I mean, I think to think it's not as not practical. <laughs> I think if you look at a if you look down the line and not very far in two years or so, a change in administration in Annapolis, 
if, if there's somebody who has a more of a heart for the urban areas than the rural areas, I'm not sure that this is going to be a priority or an expenditure of a lot of money. Um, and I'm not talking about political party. I'm just talking about where does the heart of the administration live in the urban areas and servicing them or the rural areas? And you just, you just don't know. And just for, because I know you have a public side with these meetings, just so they understand, this is a tier one NEPA study, which is a corridor identification. And prior to them moving forward with implementing anything, there would be a tier two level, which is more of what the traditional planning is that people see, which would get into the, where is the actual limit of disturbance? Right. Where is the, what other improvements are going along with it? That would happen during a tier two stage, um, tier one sort of addressing it from that broader perspective. Um, so, cause I know a lot of people ask that question, well, what's that mean to me? What's that mean to my property? What's that mean to other? That would happen during a tier two stage. And of course, right now that's not funded for anything to move forward. Um, no one knows exactly what that time frame would be. And it gets into that issue of how it gets added into the program and other things. So I just want to clarify that from a public's perspective as well. Now, if I can ask the question, though, because you said, what if it never happens? Um, is there anything on the would like to see or not like to see it happen, I guess, from that end? Is there a, a feeling among, you know, we hear many people that say we'd like to see it. It gives additional capacity, gets people off the island or, you know, out of the county. But there's also those that don't want to see it because of the concern that pressures it would have for additional traffic effect on um, even more growth pressure um, and other things. So just curious if there's any thoughts on because these issues, as Lauren mentioned, it's always hard in this because we may speak specific to transportation for this chapter, but there are related effects um, that are associated with the other chapters as well. And just trying to capture any of those thoughts for those considerations as we're we're putting the update together. I think you you characterize it very well there, Mr. Moravec, in that right we we've heard a lot in some of the other revisioning, or at least I personally have heard and read in the comments in your in your packages, right? We have a lot of cross uh contamination's not the right word, but cross <laughs> uh crossing of, of topics, right? We talk about ag preservation and the need, land preservation in general, right? That goes towards some of these um Right, if we protect in perpetuity a property, you can't put a highway through it. Um, or if we accentuate and bring attention to the ag scenic byways in the fourth bullet, fifth bullet there, um, those things are connected, right? And it also then spills over to the larger topic of the environment, protecting the waterways, the resources, the hunting, the fishing properties. Um, it, it all gets put into this bucket. Um, but I'm, I'm pleasantly uh, optimistic about some of the comments about the walkability, about the connecting. Uh, the trails and such because this body, at least historically, uh, has had some development pushback on those amenities. And I think having the public weigh in on that in such a, a skewed fashion, or at least a, a volume, a loud voice, uh, in some of these public uh, workshops that you've been holding, it, it gives us some confidence that um, we as a commission can sort of, you know, put before the development community uh, the the public's comments and commentary on, you know, the, the, the 
the sidewalks to nowhere that we often hear from uh, some development that yes it, it's no it's, it's literally stops and starts on your property now but if we don't do it now when the neighbors develop or we try to connect it won't ever get connected so I, I think that certainly is in here and it's also nice that people are looking to want to get out and go in their communities on a bicycle on a golf cart on their feet or whatever not in their car because you know, local residents are tired of taking an hour to go a half a mile on Kent Island on, on certain circumstances so um, I'm glad that people aren't putting their head in the sand um, but but thinking more sort of the environmental impact of this traffic and mitigating those while still focusing on the ag piece, the scenic piece, the environmental piece. Uh, I, and I, I, it doesn't make your job any easier at Wallace Montgomery, but that's why we hired you guys, right? Um, <laughs> so to, to sort of look at those, how those pieces are interconnected, I think would be uh, in a nutshell what I would say, because there are so many cross-pollinating of topics. Uh, I'm babbling now, but that's that's my comment, my piece for discussion, if you will. Um, and as you can see, the second bullet there we highlighted was to raise that that issue of multimodal connectivity. Um, you know, Lauren mentioned when she started going over the chapter, the various pieces to get into that. You know, we we go from <laughs> everything from freight to airports to um, you know local neighborhood connectivity. Um, and I guess a couple things I want to highlight here, because you do hear a lot of the discussion of what it means on the island and that end of it, but there were a lot of things brought up of the opportunity to get trail connections and other things to other parts of the county. Um, you know, this issue of, and the one below that, even public water access uh, comes up of consideration of, we're starting to see some good trail networks there in certain places, but it would be nice to go um, you know, from the agricultural area down to, um, you know, some of the more commercial retail areas and making sure there's connectivity or can we tie that in even to some of the park system or greenway spaces that are allocated so that they could be used for those purposes. So just want to put that out there. That has come up about that from a network perspective um, as well, not just in a uh, local circulation standpoint. Um, and I know I'm jumping down to a bullet, but to me it relates as the active transportation element. For those who don't know what active transportation is, you see this more and more. It's becoming more of a, a topic. It's really healthy transportation, um, active transportation options, which are giving you the abilities within your towns and communities to be able to do activities without, you know, safely walking, having a... a a loop in a town or a community that people can go walk around and take the dog out or whatever and be active or go running and not have to be on public roads or other things to do it. So you're seeing a lot more people bring those items forward. Um, so it's not just a trail network necessarily, but it's, you know, connecting the school to the neighborhood, to the library, to the, and then they have this sort of active um, activity health area that they can choose as an option. So something to um, highlight and, and sort of want to see your all opinions on that too. Um, some of that comes up because of, uh, as we relate between topics also, you see the keeping the small town feel in a lot of the areas around the county. And those are elements that contribute to that small town piece. So 
I think it's worth adding, Mr. Morvick, and putting a little bit more um, uh, accent on on Kathy's comment about what what if it does not happen, right? The planning horizon for this document is 10 years. We're not going to have a Bay Bridge inside of 10 years, a third bridge or a whatever that might look like. Uh, so I think that that particular piece that Kathy brought up is given a little more gravity because, again, this document has a lifespan-ish of 10 years, plus minus, right? And we're, it, it's important to have this in here, right? But we don't have to have what we want the county to look like with this in here necessarily clearly defined because we don't know what that looks like yet. Um, and the do, the do nothing maybe is not the correct way to message it, but within the horizon of this document, the planning right, that we're wrapping our head around here collectively, we won't have a Bay Bridge crossing. So how do we prepare for that potential eventuality and doing so respectfully to all these topics of discussion that we're working through? Uh, I think that the more I think about it, the more important that comment becomes because we that's where we are in reality for the, for the life of this document, this update. Yeah, and, and I, I, I didn't really think about that, but you're right. This is the life of this document is 10 years. And I don't, there's nothing's going to happen in 10 years, even if they made a decision tomorrow. And then there's so much of that that's out of our control. It's out of this county's control, state, federal government. But um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really touchy topic. But going back to some of the connectivity, the biking and the walking, there are some areas of the county that are just primed for that. And I can think of Graysonville. I live in Queenstown, not you know some miles off of Route 18, where you've got some of the the, the um, Red Apple Plaza, the apartments. Um, you've got the trail that kind of runs along, you know, the other side of it. Um, is to is to that that's a part of the county that could really benefit from people being able to walk or bike to the Safeway, to the Walgreens, to the pet store, to where wherever they need to go. Um, but where the three of us live, sitting here. I live six miles down a road that even if I walked or biked to the end of it, I've still got a ways to go before I can run any errands or if I need to go to the emergency room, if I can make it down the street. But so I, I'd like I think it would be more efficient to sort of concentrate on places that are optimum for this. I, I, I'm sure there are others. I just Graceville because it's familiar to me, but I'm sure there are other, uh, you know, Centerville, um, um, and public transportation from a workforce development side, I'd love to see some type of emphasis on this because sitting on the Economic Development Commission, we hear often of employers, a lot of them at the business park, who would love to have interns, um, apprentices, um, the kids who are doing dual enrollment at Chesapeake College and the high schools here need to get back and forth places and either they're not old enough to drive they don't have transportation I'd like to I mean I'd like to see some expansion of some public transportation not just for that purpose but to include that purpose um, the the other one we want to put forward because we know this is has come into some of the question not only from a transportation side but also from the um, development and growth pressure side, of course, is the uh, 301. The it's brought it's been brought up by several people about consideration of that as an agricultural scenic byway, um, and giving it a designation. And what would that mean? And 
um, how that relates to some of the other things that might go along with that of, um, you know, whether there's restricted development or other things in order to keep it that scenic way. So wanted to put that on the table because that is something that really hasn't been in the previous update. There are scenic byways that have been identified in the county, but that would be something that could be, um, you know, a potential item that comes out of, of this or consideration as part of the update here. So uh, we wanted to raise that for awareness to the commission and, and any thoughts or comments on that as well. well who or how makes that designation? Um, it's something that we'd have to work with the uh, Maryland State Highway Administration as well as the, I forget all the groups that are involved with it off the top of my head. Um, you know, Lauren, please chime in if you know more on that end of it. To her being here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. I, I just, but, I don't know the answer to but it. But so yeah, there, there is a group that they look at it. They, they identify a lot of it comes into the cultural historic side, gets pulled into it as well. And there's a group that, and, and there's a, a group through, I think it's the Regional Intermodal Planning Division at State Highway that pulls that together and looks at that working with the county and, and the other partners associated with it for those designations. And then is there any benefit um, besides just on the face of it, obviously? Is there any benefit financially or... Um, there are opportunity for enhancement funds and other things that go along with it, depending on how it's designated. So if it's already designated as a byway, there are funding opportunities available with it that you can apply for and it just raises your status above other projects that you're competing against that pool of money with. Okay, thank you. This is an issue that's very concerning the Farm Bureau and we'll bring this up here. We uh, are concerned about keeping it agriculture. Um, they're divided, There's, they want to be some growth. And I'm gonna address this to our planning commission director we tried to reach out to you and this, put a meeting together to inform our members of what the comprehensive plan means to them today, how it affects them in the future, and what we need to look to change. Uh, that meeting was shut down uh, in terms of being not effective or productive. What we tried to get it done was a group of farmers at our, at our board of directors meeting and the soil conservation. So I'd like to explain how that would not be effective or productive to me, a simple farmer, to the Planning Commission, to 300 members of the Farm Bureau, and to the citizens concerned about agriculture in our county. Sure, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, what, what you're referencing is we, the office was contacted and in direct relation to the scenic byway comments that have been made at the visioning session, and there was specifically a um, a statement that became the sub is is the subject of a petition that some members of the agricultural community are um, in favor of, and some are not. So. Uh, right now, there's a dialogue going on within the agricultural community itself. What uh, staff's position was, and we were asked to um, come and give sort of a planning 101, comprehensive planning 101 meeting uh, to both boards. And so we contemplated doing that and had established a date. But really, upon reflection, um, the appropriate 
place for that dialogue to happen is at the special topic meeting. And then we also uh, realize that we need to open up our technical committee meeting to both of those formal boards in addition to staff. So we really didn't mean that a, meet, a meeting with the joint boards would not be productive. What would be more productive is to pull the boards into the actual comprehensive planning process and for the individual boards and members of the community who sit on those boards to formalize your positions internally and then bring those positions to the comprehensive planning table. So really the outlet for that dialogue is already inherent in, this, in the schedule. And we decided that we would open the technical committee to those formalized boards as well so that there would be two platforms. Well, we could have that as there, but we'd like to have that as a meeting because I'll tell you, most of those farmers don't have internet or don't use a computer, don't want to, but they're an important voice in this county. Sure. Well, and we need to reach them. And we're asking, <clears throat> that's our point of asking for this. There's people on both sides out there telling their story. Well, what is the fact? The truth is usually somewhere in the middle. And that's what we're trying to get out there. So what does our comp plan do for us right now? What do we need to change? We need an education on that. Okay. Certainly. And in fairness, uh, staff reached out to um, board mem a board member for the, the president of the Farm Bureau and also reached out to staff with soil conservation to suggest that there's a more appropriate route, but we didn't get a response. So had we received a response that this was a top priority and no, we really want this additional meeting for this um, educational purpose, we certainly would have responded to that, but we did not get that feedback. So just, I want you to realize that we weren't uh, trying to sidestep um, either board or the, t the issue. We thought we were channeling the issue into really a more empowering position. I, I heard the message, not, not the way I interpreted it. Okay. So. This, some this point sounds like it goes well beyond the scenic byway designation. This is inclusion. Yes, of your, it does, your but, constituents as a farmer. But development on 301 is a big issue. Absolutely, understood. So because of the, the, main because concern, of the way really. the county is, is developed, yes. yes. And, uh, but that's where we're looking for the truth. Uh, and we need some guidance in that. Well, I think your voice was heard loud and clear. I heard, certainly. And Ms. Yeah. Mordock certainly has a history, uh, not only in this county, but in Kent, of being sensitive to rural you know, land uses. And I, I think you've got a very sympathetic ear. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I have full faith and confidence in your group um, being engaged, and that's yeah. very encouraging because uh, initially on in this process, I did not necessarily have that feeling. Um, so I'm glad you're voicing that, and I have no doubt that, yeah. that Amy mean, will respond. We're at uh, a tough time with this thing in the virtual because yeah. farmers don't do virtual. Right. Uh, and and, and, and the time, your time is slipping away, right? Yes. And, and that's... The importance of getting this meeting now yeah. so that we can get this out to other members. Because you're going to be out uh, working the very shortly. It takes a long way to get yeah. it there. Right. And uh, yeah, we really need to get on that to get, try to get the information out to the grassroots members. Clearly there was a misunderstanding because what uh, staff and uh, what um, 
Lauren and Ray and I discussed were really means to empower your voices, not to diminish them. So there yeah. clearly was a miscommunication somewhere. Well, so we'll We don't have it. a unified voice, and that's our thing. We're trying to do information right now um, so we can make a simple uh, intelligent decision. That it, uh, we had gone out um, initially when we initially started the comprehensive planning process and uh, the former director and I uh, went out and spoke to a couple of groups and gave a planning 101, here's what the comprehensive planning process will look like. And we did address the Soil Conservation Board, but um, as the transition happened, we never did get to the um, Farm Bureau. So mm -hmm. it's, we'll circle back around and, and repeat it with yeah. the Conservation Board, but also in, in well, We could do that together, and that's, yep. that was the plan, what we were trying to sure. do. With, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not a problem. I'm glad you brought it up. Thank you. Well, given the continuing capacity restrictions, and I understand a lot of the, your folks don't want to or, or don't have the capability or don't have the, the broadband with to do it, I mean, isn't there some possibility of putting some of your folks in a room or at, the, at a volunteer fire company and having sort of a hybrid situation? Well, that's what I think we're intending to do. Okay. Sure, okay. We'll work that out. We, have, we hadn't really gotten that far, but our president has an airplane hangar. That's where we meet at. So there's plenty of room we could do that and do the virtual with it. And the watermen did that at the volunteer fire company in Ken yeah. Island. So they had somebody on a screen and a bunch of people in the room spaced yeah. out. So, but like I say, most of us don't have internet service up there. So they understood. I, I don't have the internet. So I don't have the knowledge to use what I do have because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't put it in practice that much. Gotcha. And most farmers are in the same situation. We're yeah. happy to I'll reach yeah. back out to your president of yeah. the Bureau. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Oh. Didn't mean to sidetrack you, but. <laughs> this is good. If I could, um, in Back to respond to um, a prior question, this is, this is Lauren again, um, just about the designation of the byway. Um, that's, the program is actually um, a program by the Federal Highway Administration, but it's locally administered by, uh, by the state, uh, state Highway Administration. Um, and any designations, whether it's a scenic byway or an all-American road, um, those roadways have to possess uh, at least one of a number of characteristics that are considered to be of national significance. Um, and then uh, to move further to an all-American road, you have to um, possess at least two of those qualities. Uh, so there's a, um, uh, a list of those, those qualities and there's a process to go about that uh, designation. Um, which I can um, follow up and provide some additional um, information to this board if, if you are interested. Okay, um, moving forward on our list, um, I guess what we're gonna highlight, and this is something we heard particularly from the um, technical committee as well for, for the uh, Planning Commission's awareness is, the frustration on the side of many of these projects have been identified as priority projects for the county, 
but not many have actually been able to move forward or get included within the consolidated transportation program or others that are outside the county's control uh, for some of these improvements or additional funding to cover the cost of those improvements. So that continues to be an issue and that's something we're looking to, you know, include within language to capture that and and thing. I think specifically it came up, we have the new program from the tour and I don't think one of the projects made it on the list for the new program into this next year. So that frustration um, is something we want to make sure is acknowledged and want to make sure you guys are aware that's one of the technical committee items that was raised there. Um, on the reverse side of that, though, the next one is maybe there's an opportunity for some additional funding. Since the 2010 plan, um, the county itself is now part of the Baltimore Metropolitan Council, the uh, Metropolitan Planning Organization, and serving on the, uh, the BRTB, the Baltimore Regional Transportation Board. The world of acronyms we live in, it's always fun trying to remember them all, but um, through that effort with the BRTB, um, is um, there are opportunities because the BMC itself gets a pool of federal funds and other things that could relate and carry to help implement some of these projects forward. Um, and they can get allocated to some county specific improvements versus being a Department of Transportation improvement. But we did I want to emphasize that is limited right now with the way that's set up. Um, and the way to meet the criteria, because it doesn't necessarily cover the whole county, it covers part of the county with those opportunities. So um, just wanted to make that aware, but that is a big thing from the last um, update of the, or the last plan um, um, and, and opportunities, not only just within the plan, but for the county moving forward. Um, we mentioned um, active transportation. And of course, this is a continued one that comes up is that seasonal traffic congestion safety. Um, I think from the discussion we've heard here, that adds into that battle of, uh, or I shouldn't say battle, that discussion of how we address things because we don't know what may come out of the other, but there are things we could be looking or identifying um, to move forward with regardless, or things that if something does, there may be on the books as what we're liking to see that could become funded for moving right. forward down the road. So you're not trying to figure it out at the time. You may have something in the hopper waiting to go forward. Right. More so, forward thinking. Right. Yeah. So can I ask a question? Um, well, first, the biking and walking along US 50, are mm -hmm. they talking about people actually riding bikes or walking on the highway? No, it's actually okay. more within the corridor <laughs> itself, okay. yes, because... Uh, um, it's not permitted right now within right. Uh, 50 right now as an access controlled highway. So The second one is the seasonal traffic and congestion. I know that there have been some attempts. I'm not exactly sure what they are from maybe the county talking or, or, or the state talking to Ocean City about changing rentals. And I'm just wondering if there would be an, in, an interest in renewing those talks, particularly when there are people still working from home or working from wherever they are and will be continuing to work from wherever they are. Is there an interest in trying to reach out and try to figure out, since people might not be locked into weekends necessarily right now? Because flexible work schedules and right. working from home. As long as they have that. their tablet right. or iPad. That's a good comment. Thank you. And I think, I know that's something we're all sort of trying to um, determine right now with what the 
um, not only the short term, but what those mid and long term effects are going to be associated with the workforce and how that is adjusting uh, given this. I mean, I'll, I'll speak to our firm in itself. You know, we've done polls within our firm among our offices and, you know, we're hearing we could have as many as 40 to 60 percent of the people who used to be in an office now working in a teleworking situation and not being in an office situation. And, you know, we're just one of many that are having that situation um, and how that affects not only transportation, because your peak demand we're seeing on a national side is you're not having the peak demands, but you're seeing an increase in traffic across the board because you're getting trips happening in the morning of, you know, somebody's willing to run out and go to the grocery store and do something in the morning, but they may work till seven or eight o'clock at night because they're at their house versus coming into work at eight o'clock in the morning and leaving at four and then doing all their activities in the evening. So you're, you're seeing some of that distribution and, you know, um, travel forecasting has always been a tool. It's never a, uh, <laughs> a, a given of how it's going to be. You do the best with the information you have. And I think that is something we want to at least have language and consideration of as, as this moves forward, as those knowns get to be more known. Um, and then I have one more that wasn't on the list, but I, I made a note as, you know, we continue to look at this, but I wanted to put forward. But one of the other items that came up um, for consideration just for awareness was we talked a lot about the trail connectivity and, and the other pieces, but there is a piece on that came up about adequate parking, um, electric vehicle stations, bicycle parking facilities, the elements that sort of go along with these parts of transportation that are often maybe not thought of, but they do affect what you all do, particularly as it works with the local um, development and, and redevelopment opportunities, is, you know, would, as retail areas are established, but because of this, um, um, or even commercial or recreational facilities, is, you know, some of the comments we heard are, is there an opportunity we could do a parking garage because people are parked all along the street instead of being able to be in one, and then when they're parked on the street, that's blocking how bikes can get there, you know, and it has that residual effect. Um, or if I'm riding my bike, do I don't have a place where I can park and lock it up safely. I'm putting it next to a telephone pole or something else. And so as you think about these facilities, um, how do we do that? And the other one I threw out there is, of course, with the, you know, you can't turn the news on without another major auto dealer telling you they're going to be all electric by 2030. Um, and what does that mean for charging station locations, other things that are going to be needed to support that side of transportation? Um, so, you know, there's a network piece, but then, of course, there's the supporting parts there. So there's some things there we want to make sure some language gets in there of awareness and, and consideration. Um, but also want to get your feedback and thoughts on that, too, because, you know, they all have different ramifications moving forward. I think it's worth noting, uh, Ray, and uh, thanks for adding that bullet, that staff, I think, in my tenure on this commission, at least, has been very um, proactive in working with the development community to put in the sidewalks, to put in the bike racks, uh, to put in bollards to keep vehicles off of what looks like might be a, a, an automobile access point, um, especially, you know, in, in places like Kent Narrows where there's economic drivers and activity and, and resources and restaurants. 
um, that people in surrounding communities, Graysonville, Chester, don't want to get in a car and drive to the Narrows waterway, right? They want to walk, ride, skip, jump, whatever. Um, so I think that, that it's, we have, at least in my opinion, have language in our code that allows the county to really push development to, to provide those amenities. Uh, not that we can't go farther with that, uh, but I think there already is momentum currently in-house uh, and if that needs enhancement, then, then so be it. Uh, that, again, is sort of your consulting role for us. Um, but I, I, I think it, that what's new to me, at least, is sort of the comments that I'm reading about extending to North County. Um, and I, I, I want to, you know, emphasize that it, this is a slow-moving train and we have things in, in place. You don't just go out and pave in a road or, excuse me, a, a, a trail. Um, but I, I, that to me is an encouraging piece to put into this update that let's give our, you know, our, our colleagues and, and neighbors up in North County the opportunity to sort of think about where they may benefit from connectivity around their population centers or their public amenities um, so as not to simply always defer to Kent Island uh, and, and in those resources. So uh, that may be another piece. Uh, Can I make a point of personal privilege? Please. The, um, the biggest problem with uh, being on a bike, which I am frequently, uh, and you're trying to go from the uh, fifth election district, well, it's uh, trying to get from Graysonville to Queenstown. There needs to, uh, you're crossing four lanes of traffic from Main Street to where Rough Roofers has just finished their new building. Um, and that's pretty hairy. Yeah. And there's even a sign on Route 50 of a bicycle warning drivers that there may be a bike crossing those highways. <laughs> I've crossed it many times, and um, I'm, I don't want to say I've taken my life in my own hands, but um, it would be nice if there was something that you could avoid the traffic so you can get from Graysonville to Queenstown. And then, of course, on the other side to get from the outlets into Queenstown. Right. And one. It may be worth pointing out to you, Ray, as you're taking notes, there were also conversations around something similar, analogous to what Council was just describing at the Route 8 overpass. We were just speaking of the target, that development, to downtown Stevensville. Um, there, the county owns property on both sides. We're getting ready to redevelop, or at least uh, maybe not the right word for it, as Amy probably just ground her teeth, um, revitalizing that, that particular development property. Um, I think it's probably worth note, making a note in this plan about that as, as a priority, as one of the many. Um, but there has been at least discussions internally, meaning inside the county boundaries, uh, to connect the downtown Stevensville area to the property south of 50 uh, so that folks don't have to walk, bike, uh, however, cross that uh, overpass, uh, the first one on the, coming off the bridge. As a participant in the 10K and running across that bridge, I'm aware of what you mean there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. and this falls under, this is uh, essentially Nancy Scazzari's as a park planner, right? As, and as, I, I, she's at least been. I think some of, some of the area that I just mentioned is actually in the town of Queenstown, so it would have to be a joint effort with Queenstown. With the municipality, right.
Thank you, Ray. Sorry to interrupt. No, Chris is the point, and that's what we. That's why we want to. That's why we're calling these workshops so that we can have these discussions and get the information, and uh, try to incorporate the best we can within to the update. So, um, and yeah, you, know, you make me think of these things even as you were bringing that up. The other side of that that goes along with it is, um, it's also come up about just opportunities to improve uh, wayfinding, and other things, so that people who may not be residents of the area or are visiting, since you do have a lot of uh, a tourist population or even some seasonal um, residents, that they know where they can go, the safest way to go, um, versus figuring it out on their own, that there might be opportunities to improve uh, some signage and wayfinding um, associated with that in support of, of those efforts from a safety as well as a economic um, development opportunity. So those are the main items that uh, we wanted to put forward as part of the discussion that we were seeing coming out of the uh, sessions and um, the conversations with the technical committee as well as the uh, visioning workshops and, and, of course, feedback we're getting through the website and social media. Um, are there any others that we didn't have listed here that the um, commission itself would like to um, raise or make us aware of? I don't monopolize the microphone. I would go back to my comment last month about the number of people that are responding, number of people hitting the website versus, you know, what are the percentages. I noticed that we're a significant number of people, uh, almost half the respondents that attended the uh, uh, on-site web, you know, discussions were from not in the county. They were outside the county. Um, I, again, I don't know what the magic you know, button is to get more residents responding, uh, whether through community associations or, or whatever it might be, um, to to be making their comments. It's, it shouldn't be coming from so many people that are not residents of Queen Anne's County, because uh, typically they're developers or people who uh, don't have a uh, you know a dog in the fight in this situation to uh, be sure that we address and protect. I agree with that. At least half of them are for various special interest groups. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, and also, I, there there may be a percentage of those attendees, commenters, uh, that have a second residence here, right? They may be from Salisbury, they, as some of the. They may be, but the question the question on the questionnaire is: Are you a resident of Queen Anne's County? I mean, they, if they have a second home, they're a resident. They shouldn't be answering it as being somewhere else. I, I'm, I'm pointing out to the fact that I don't want to find this as skewed to the opinions of people that don't, you know, really have uh, an interest in where we are. I noticed the same thing. Said your PM. <laughs> and then there's even some unknowns. <laughs> yes. Yes. People don't know where they, where they live. Commissioners. So. <laughs> Uh, just real quick, uh, Nancy Scazzari is actually in the Zoom, okay. and she made a comment in the chat that there has been a study underway looking at both working with Queenstown and studying overpass possibilities. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Thank you, yeah, Nancy. Maybe I won't die going over that road. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a number of people that have actually participated in all these workshops? What percentage of the population have we actually participated there's a chart. There's, yeah, we have. We have. There's a chart on the report. We have the chart in the report with the numbers, and and we could um, 
but I'll just ask if you got a total. Yeah, let me go back see, to see if out. I have that here. It might be in the... Regards, I, I mean, I, don't I know we're we in a bad situation. I don't think we should be terribly surprised that yeah. the people that come to these sort of, of meetings involving comp plans have uh, a particular special interest uh, because I, for, for most folks, this stuff is pretty dry. <laughs> yeah, from from the within the attachments that we provided you, attachment A has the visioning workshop summary, attachment B has the special topic workshop summary, and there's a table. And one of our first questions we have there, of course, is where do you live? And, and also um, how long have you lived or worked in the county? So try to capture those that may just be working but not living in the county um, that are participating. So you can see the numbers there. Um, I will say some of the no answer, just to help the um, here, you may see 13 as no answer. A lot of that can be, you know, a handful of that staff and stuff that are participating and we're not answering the questions. So that's why okay. you don't see. So like Lauren and myself are logged in, but it, you know, we wouldn't be shown as giving an answer because we're not, you know, um, we're not going to bias each opinion since we're there at every meeting. No. Uh, well, but, and there are also, right, the Ray, there are also people that phone and in. And there's that people that phone have, in that, that don't physically have the cannot answer the question. Right, right, that don't have the ability to yeah. do the poll, but we are getting their comments through the chat. Um, and that's what I think has been helpful in a lot of this, too, when you see the backup to this of we try to give you directly as we can those comments that you're seeing in the track, uh, chat unfiltered and stuff so that you're okay. seeing how they're actually responding. Right. We're not trying to put words in people's mouths. You know, we want it to be as accurate to what they're giving us so you see that direct feedback. Well, there's no question the pandemic has limited the ability for people to attend. And as Tom referenced earlier, banned access is not consistent. I mean, I don't even have consistency on, you know, on the on Ken Island. So uh, even when you have it, you don't have it. Um, but again, my concern, which I voiced each of one of these meetings, is making sure that this doesn't get skewed in a direction that is not truly reflective of the residents. And then you have a, a different you know, outcome than what the people are going to come back and say, well, why didn't you think about this? Why didn't you think about that? So. Thank you. And that's definitely something we will continue to work through throughout the process and also through our work with the technical committee um, so that they're giving what they're hearing from their level as well as the comments we're getting from you today to help to uh, filter through some of that as well. So appreciate that. And Ray, just, just to add on to that, we are um, constantly adding to our list of uh, contacts that we are incorporating into our outreach. So certainly if there are any uh, specific people or groups that you would like us to make sure that we've added um, or are getting these resources um, outside of any of the uh, press releases or um, county postings about these different opportunities or information that goes out to social media, we'd be more than welcome to um, to add to that list to make sure that we are reaching out to those groups that um, uh, that you think may not be um, getting these messages. Is there any way we can add proactively rather than at the request of, of a citizen or in this 
point I'm trying to make here, not so eloquently, but as typical <laughs> thinking on the fly here, can we simply add um, county staff, right, their work addresses, so that the people that are working for the county that are in the weeds in these things, even though they didn't request and sign up for it, are we ethically able to simply add sure. all county work addresses to the distribution list and cast a slightly wider net that maybe somebody in a building downtown or up, up county that may not be as engaged in this, but all of a sudden they get an email that says, by the way, your employer is going through this process. Share with your church members, your volleyball friends, you know, whatever. Um, with, without getting in trouble by, you know, again. What's wrong with that? I th you know, many of the county staff, <laughs> the folks I know in this room don't live in the county. And that's, right. But at least they can, I don't know, to Art's piece, uh, that I don't know if they would be considered skewing the opinion, but if nothing else, they at least have been notified. The, 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 the egg on the face of the county would be that same person I just referenced in that office building looks unintelligent when somebody says, did you know we're going through a comprehensive plan? How do you not know that? You're on the county payroll. Um, it, it just may be another opportunity to outreach. Um, okay. Yeah, no, we can work with uh, Amy and Stephanie on that and what opportunities there might be to do just a, even if it's just an internal e-blast to make them aware, direct them to the site, and hopefully they can sign up at a minimum and right. and encourage their involvement or they may not it, join a webinar the news. I mean, or a we workshop, always, but maybe they'll answer a yeah. question of the day for you. Maybe they'll submit comments uh, that's like, oh, we end every one of the visiting sessions and the special of, of encouraging them to reach out to people in your community, right. get them to th you know. There's all, so much we can do, and and I think we will have to. You know, I, I can't commit to anything here, but it's something we do need to think about too as if these restrictions um, start loosening up some, what do we need or want to do in order to get some more of that as we're going through this as well? I, you know, that's always been in the back of our mind of what might be out there. And just like came up today, discussions with the Farm Bureau and others, those are things we're always gonna be working with you all on to see what we can do to get our best voice out there. Um, but also on the counter, that sometimes, as you know, in some of these processes, it seems like no matter how much you do, you always get the same group of people most of the time and, sure. and try to get others. Well, we're, so. we're accustomed to seeing that. We see the same yeah. groups that come yeah. in. And as Councilor said, it's some of it's dry and other it's, it's we're, we're, we're conducting business during normal operational hours when our colleagues and, and, and neighbors are out working. And we, I mean, the Chambers of Commerce, as an example, are not even represented as attending. I mean, the chambers ought to be a, a part of this discussion. Uh, and so, and presidents of community associations, I mean, Gibson's Grant has a, a president that should be on this list, should be attending, and we need to be sure they know about this. So, okay. I just wanna give you some level of comfort is in that in going through many comprehensive plan updates, this is the conversation that is always had. Um, and making sure that we get in touch with absolutely everyone who should be represented is always a challenge. And there's always a criticism later that someone was missed. Um, but I will say that, and it might be uh, as a result of the pandemic, we are getting really good attendance 
and probably more attendance than we would normally get for in-person uh, visioning sessions of this nature because uh, and some of them are repeat attendees, but the truth is our engagement, the percentages of our engagement is actually very good for this update um, because as um, Chris mentioned, this topic, well, I don't find it the least bit dry, tends to be <laughs> <laughs> tends to be a little dry for the. <laughs> um, but it's it is hard to get people engaged in this process and to see its value, even though it is very valuable and um, not boring at all. But um, we are actually doing well, so I don't want you to feel as though. Um, we're not getting good responses, and there are always skewed responses because often people who are paying attention and come to the table have very passionate positions on issues. So I sort of wanted just to add that to the mix to don't despair. We're actually doing pretty well. And what, well, what I'd like to highlight on that is I think the diversity of the comments we've gotten is more reflective than what we traditionally get when we're having in-person workshops. Because a lot of times when you're having an in-person, you get a group that gets into one area and it's very hard or people may not give their opinion on other areas because they hear a group talking about one. And we have really gotten a range of people saying, you know, I, made it, I know this may not be a popular topic, but they throw in the chat, right. you know, what they want to say where they may not say it in a public setting where they're in person with totally you. Totally agree. Or you're yeah. trying to capture it while you're talking to somebody and you're hopefully, you know, they may not put it down in writing. Well, we're getting a lot more in writing than we normally would get in a process. Um, and the other thing I wanted to add to it, which I actually find very encouraging with the group that's been participating, Amy mentions how there, you know, there are a few repeat people, but the way we've been structuring them with these special topics We've actually had groups that, you know, are very strong on this side because that's their special interest. But within the special topics, they've really given the input on, as a resident, I feel this for this topic. It doesn't affect what my opinion is for whatever this organization I'm in. But as a resident, I'm saying this. And they've given diverse, it's not the same repeat comment that sometimes you get. They've actually focused on what the special topic, and I, I found that very encouraging in these meetings. So with that, I'm going to jump to uh, the end here um, just to give you an update. And, um, Neil, Lauren, you can add anything. I'm still not used to her not being beside me here. Um, but the, uh, we do have the special topic workshop upcoming for uh, housing as well as economic development and tourism and, and town planning um, here in March and early April. Um, of course, we have our upcoming workshops um, and moving forward with that. Our next chapters in April will be looking at the housing, historic, and cultural resources side, um, and then the economic development and tourism after that in May. Um, we did want to bring up for the uh, commission is one of the chapters we talked about presenting now would have been the environmental chapter. There is a lot of work going on um, internally with the county as well as the work we're doing for updating some of the GIS resources and information, uh, particularly on the water resources side. Um, and that's getting to the point where it's, it's a new update now, 
versus us having to use data that was a, a few, couple years old. So we really want to be bringing the most up-to-date information into the data and information there. So we're looking to um, push that back and do that as a uh, special session in between one of these with, with the, uh, the commission here so that we have the up-to-date data. And we don't want to get out in front of the public because we're keeping this all, all these chapters that we're giving you as drafts are, are available on the website for the public to see as well. And we had that concern of multiple versions getting out there. So somebody sees an old version and then the new version with the updated data comes forward. And, um, you know, somebody makes a comment off of something and it's really not accurate because it's now the new data. So that's the one reason for the change with that environmental chapter um, and making sure we're getting the most up-to-date um, input for that feedback and input, but uh, particularly because of, like I said, it pulls in a lot of the water resources stuff as well as the other environmental features in the county. Thank you for answering my question without me having to ask it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with that, we'll open it up to any right. other. Yep. Sorry, Lauren. Sorry, I just wanted to note that the date that we discussed with the county to um, hold that revised meeting would be on June 24th. Uh, so that would be before um, our discussion on the land use chapter. Uh, so this will be one of the later uh, chapters that we discuss. Um, uh, Director Ray's point to be able to incorporate all of that information as well as how it impacts uh, the, the uh, future land use discussions. Since all the members aren't here today, I'll send out an email so that all of you can, you know, say that you can attend or know that. And you and you envision this being, uh, and obviously it's not on a date that we have a normal meeting, so it would be a it would be a Zoom meeting or a, some vir be, yeah. virtual uh, update process. We, we have scheduled this room for that day at eight forty. Well, oh. it'll be at eight forty-five a.m. Right, so. but it's just not it's not a traditional monthly meeting date. Right. Yeah. The, the okay. QAC TV will be able to be here and broadcast the we meeting. We can pretend we'll it is, but advertise it. May have the feel of it, but not an official yeah. meeting. Mm -hmm. right. And it would just be for us to, for that topic, to do, to to do this. It. it wouldn't be like it would be open for other business Got it. Yeah. Um, in that format. Okay. And, I, and I'll, I'll close with the, I continue to encourage from the commission as well, um, any comments or additional feedback from even the previous chapters that we have um, provided. And as you're seeing more information, um, please feel free to submit that to the, the county team and we'll make sure that we're continuing to work on um, having these as up to date and capturing as much as we can um, from all the input. And that concludes our part of the presentation. Thank you very much. Amy, Ms. Mordock, you were finished with your presentation to the council. Thank you much. Uh, John, Bruce, do we have any public comments? So let's start with in, no, anybody sign up to be in person? No. Okay, Bruce? We do have some public comments. We also have people in the room that haven't acknowledged that they want to make public comment. 
So, Jody, if you're there and you would like to speak, could you at least turn on your camera for us? And I don't know if Nancy wanted to add anything, but if she could turn on her camera if she wanted to. But we're going to head to uh, Scott McGlashan, who has signed up. So I'm going to ask you to unmute, Scott, and then you may begin. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Uh, good, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Scott McGlashan up in Churchill, Maryland. Live on our family farm up here. Uh, basically... Uh, I know Tom Lee, Kathy, Yogis, Tom Jackson. I haven't had the pleasure to meet the other gentleman up. Uh, Mr. Eversberger, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But the one thing there that's kind of interesting is Mr. Eversberger, the concern is who is participating in getting the public And basically, what I have done, and Howard Dean, another farmer up in Churchill, uh, Howard, I participated in the workshops. Quite a few of those. Howard's on my name picture, I guess, there, and he and I have gotten together. And we have crafted it, and, and it was referred to as a petition. It's not a petition, it's a vision statement that, that we are circulating through agriculture, the agriculture community. Um, uh, we've got over 100 names. Frankly, I've been out, uh, like, this. like politics, I've been out visiting farmers on the farm, because I was involved in agribusiness for 28 years. And, my board and years is but it's interesting to go out and, and talk to the farmers. Uh, I am a member of Farm Bureau. Uh, Tom Jackson made some good points there. I met with Farm Bureau. Uh, Frank, that was a little, um, it was interesting. It, I, I think the least of nothing else, Farm Bureau is, is, is talking. Uh, I am a member of the Queens County Soil Conservation, an associate member, uh, and they are very, uh, interested in this, this subject matter. Um, the reason that, that Howard and I got involved, my dad was a commissioner back in 1990, and I guess, I don't know if it was the zoning ordinance or the uh, comp plan, but, but we tried to get, or he tried to, Marion Levin and other farmers tried to get on to meet and to discuss this situation, what was going on, like the comp plan that we're doing right now. Problem is, and as Tom Jackson pointed out, Farmers, I love farmers, you know, um, we operate a farm up here. I have a farm operating. But farmers are great, but, but trying to get them to a meeting and get involved in it is it's tough. It's amped up. Last time I knew when they went through this, they wouldn't participate in about the 23rd and a half hour, and then they found out what was going on, they found it. Well, that's too late. Just too damn late. And um, so we're circulating this. It's not a petition. It's a vision statement. Um, Basically, the reason I want to come on today, I thought this was another workshop, but I'm glad, I'm glad to listen to the planning commission uh, on transportation. Just last night, I was in um, over in Southernville, and I came across, and there was a terrible bad accident up on 301 last night. Um, uh, my point being is part of our, our vision statement, we, not unlike Route 13 we'd like to see, many people would like to see Route 301 one corridor as, as designated as a scenic byway. Um, at the Farm Bureau meeting, I was kind of interested there was some statement made about a uh, truck stop or a convenience store or something out on 301, the need for that. Um, if there was a, I questioned the need for it, that it, it's something that, that Wallace Montgomery uh, ought to look at maybe. Um, but if that be the case, I would think it's got to be somewhere where there's an overpass. 
the thing that kind of is very discouraging that this is that the acid last night was at Route 19. And for those of us that needed to cross over 301 uh, up and down, some gentlemen may have stated that the possibility of increased traffic on 301. Now, the traffic has increased on 301. We look at what happened in Middletown or what is visiting in Middletown is coming down through the Bay Bridge. So, um, the unfortunate thing is that it took our cutter daughter to be killed up at Millington to get that over past evidently so, uh, Centerville, Route 213, the number of people that were killed out, we do have an overpass there. Um, uh, the same way with the circuit restaurant, Route Bourbon Center, that took Dr. Rice and something getting killed out there, um, they pushed that overpass. So if you're going to have something to support, something like a truck stop, or even a convenience store, it can't be the grade point down 301. So thanks, that's what I, I want to discuss today. Uh, I'm glad to see you had such comment. Legal counsel on planning commission comment uh, very well. But um, that's basically what, what I wanted to say. Uh, I have participated in all these these workshops, not all of them, but most of them. And um, but, but I appreciate the fact that the planning commission recognizes that it, it's hard to get people to come out and participate. That's why we started this vision statement, basically, because I want to go, I've been on the farm. I'm going right on the farm, and uh, I'm used to that. I love talking to farmers, love farmers, and uh, if they're getting ready, as I am, being retired now, if weather breaks, I'm going to be out in Mason Heritage learning a, a tractor, and I'm not going to have time to to go to a workshop and that's what farmers face with and Tom Jack and Matthew pointed out. So that I'll stop right there if that's a question about that. Oh, and the one thing I would say though, we're collecting these uh, vision statements and what we the reason we're doing is to, because while it's not younger, I don't know those folks they seen I mean I've listened to those people and they're doing a great job. But they don't know Queen County and I how not say we better have something to give to these people that, so they know who they're dealing with. A, B, I wanted to go to the planning commission because I know a lot of them in the planning commission. You know your county, but you know, maybe not, don't know agriculture. And ultimately it goes to the county commission and county commissions. That's, it, it's so exasperating not to be able to get citizen participation until the 23rd hour. That, that's, that's not acceptable. I thank you very much. I'm finished. <laughs> thank you, Mr. McGlashan. I appreciate your enthusiasm in retirement. And I would encourage you to continue your work uh, with the community, Mr. Jackson and Ms. Mordock, uh, moving forward, and uh, greatly appreciate your engagement to this point. Almost didn't recognize you with that uh, goatee. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like Mr. Drummond. <laughs> uh, there's our park planning director out in nature. Yep, and we're, we can hear you, Nancy. Hi, um, good morning, um, commissioners. Uh, yeah, out on a job site, but um, just want to say um, how greatly encouraged I am by all the support and the comments that I've seen on on multiple uh, visioning sessions about trails and connectivity and um, sort of making the distinction between recreation and connectivity, um, which is very real, and the fact that we, we need both to connect our town centers and provide recreation. They can serve the same purpose, but um, just that support is wonderful, and um, I'm, I'm hoping that 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 noise gets um, 
gets as high as the state level to help us with funding in the more rural communities where there aren't as many grant opportunities or opportunities in general um, to provide such infrastructure here on the shore. Um, that said, uh, uh, National Scenic Byway Program and All-American Roads, which actually um, portions of 213 was just designated as an All-American Road, which is kind of a big deal in that in that realm. But um, that is also, and, and Tom alluded, as, as did Amy, uh, these overlapping um, uh, conversations. Um, that's a really good conversation to have in the historic and preservation um, workshop that's upcoming. Uh, and the consultant I know is, um, is pretty keen on, on those designations and knows a lot about it. Uh, but with that designation, um, needs to come teeth to to hold uh, you know development and scenic views um, you know at bay you know or, or keep them um, so that they're part of the development process. Simply the designation um, won't won't protect those view sheds. So I just wanted to say that because we do have uh, Route 18 as a Chesapeake Country Scenic Byway and also 213 which like I said, just got the All-American Road designation. So um, I think that's a wonderful um, proposal. Uh, we just have to make sure we've got the teeth to um, to enforce those things. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. And if I may, uh, Ray, while it's on my, my tip of my head here, uh, Nancy brought up a point about you, these, these sort of overlapping uh, or intersecting commentaries. Uh, and one that also I think along the line of Nancy's point is uh, back when um, the federal facility was proposed in Rootsburg, a lot of the sort of the, the concerns there were the night sky, right? There is not a lot of development there, and it's very important to that portion of the county to maintain that, that view shed, right? not just pictures of the water or a, or a mountain in the background that we don't have, but the night sky, keep it dark. Um, and that was a big, a very unique, I think, piece that wasn't previously talked about in the county is protecting that the the light pollution that comes from this would have come from this proposed facility amongst others um, so I think that's another piece that we perhaps should should have on our, our checklist uh, Bruce sorry uh, yeah the only person left in our room is Jody and I gave you the ability to unmute Jody just in case your video isn't working uh, but we've asked a couple times but that's all we have okay um, count to 10 if Jody wakes up. Uh, we'll <laughs> certainly take your public comment. Otherwise, Mr. or Mrs. Jody, you're welcome to submit written comments to the, uh, to the, to the planning commission um, at, at, your, at your choosing. Any other questions for Wallace Montgomery while they are attentive from the commission? Anything else from staff? Going once, going twice. Um, I'll encourage if they have more, feel free to log into the website and we have the public input section there and continue to get the feedback through that as well. Great. Thank you for your continued uh, communications and clarifications and foresight. And we look forward to um, walking down this road with you or this connected pathway trail with you. <laughs> um, is there a motion to adjourn? So moved. We are adjourned.